Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 with me. Hebrews chapter 11. And, um, and, and we are going to be continuing on our study, True and Better, evaluating uh, how Jesus is the hero of every story. He's the point of the Bible. And let me tell you why this is important before we read our text. I don't want you to have to stand any longer than absolutely necessary. All right? How many guys have ever played Where's Waldo? Okay. I remember when I got... How many of you have never heard of Where's Waldo? All right. I was going to say, what is happening in this state? We got people who don't know about Jesus or Where's Waldo? What is the... Anyways, I get this big Where's Waldo book and... And every single page, there's a ridiculous amount of things on it. And you have to find Where's Waldo. And you spend a ridiculous amount of angsty, frustrated, darn near ticked off time trying to find this skinny white dude in an ugly shirt, right? And so uh, I was thinking about why this is important. And, and how many of you who have played Where's Waldo know what Waldo looks like? Yeah, that's part of it. What if in Where's Waldo... You had no idea what he looked like, right? And you just were looking around like, man, I don't know. Here, here's what would happen. First of all, you'd get furious, and you'd get confused, and you'd get ticked off, and then you would just start saying, shoot, I bet that's Waldo. I'm just going to go with it, right? Uh, here's the thing about the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. And if you don't know who you're looking for, you're bound to get confused and frustrated. And so the point of this series is to do two things. To tell you what Jesus looks like. So when you open this up, you know what you're you know what you're looking for. And number two, that when you open this up, knowing what you are looking for, you can find him on every single page. Okay? So that's where we're headed. Hebrews chapter eleven, stand with me, and we will look at our second character here today. Last week our true and better Adam. This week our true and better Noah. True and better Noah. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, and then I'll pray, and then we'll get to it. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And let's pray. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your grace to us. Thank you for your mercy in providing uh, this book in which Jesus is on every page, in which Jesus is the hero of every story. God, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear. I pray that your Holy Spirit would teach us what Jesus looks like so that we never miss him, so that we never miss the chance to worship him, so that we can make much of him and his name, that you can be glorified and that we can rejoice in it. We love you, God, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. So the story of Noah is, is a reasonably well-known story. Noah and the ark. In fact, probably about a year ago, Russell Crowe played my man Noah in a non-Christian movie about Noah. All right, all you Christians, relax. It was not a Christian movie. It was not a biblical movie. The brother who made it was an atheist. All right, so let's just take a break. Not a Christian movie, uh, but a good one. I would watch it. It's, it's, it's interesting. So uh, let me just give you a bit of a recap as to what the story is and what's going on and why it's important. In Genesis chapter 6, 
The Bible says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Let me tell you why that's important. I love the fact that God says that when things happen that shouldn't be happening, he sees it. Right? Right now, I, I listened to a podcast last night about our brothers and sisters over in the Middle East who are being persecuted by ISIS. And some of the stories are... I'm are unbelievable, are unbelievable. The suffering of people who uh, believe the same things that you and I believe. And there was a, uh, a, a terrorist who was quoting, he said, man, we don't know what to do with these Christians. We give them the chance to renounce their faith and they won't. We give them the chance to pay the tax and they won't. And so we kill them. Right? Here's what you need to know. God sees that. God sees that. God sees uh, when we're struggling. God sees when we're hurting. God sees when we're afraid. God sees when injustice is happening. God sees when transition is occurring. God is not blind. God is not busy. God is not distracted. God sees what's going on in your life and in mine. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And then listen to what it says. That every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually was only evil continually. Last week we looked at Adam, and we saw that Adam set the world on a course toward death, sin, and chaos. And by the time you get to Genesis chapter 6, listen to this. The world was so corrupt, was so wicked, that every thought and every intent of every person was evil continually. It was evil continually. And because God is a God of justice, and because God sees The Bible lets us know that God says, I have to do something about this. This is not my plan. And we're introduced to a guy by the name of Noah. And the Bible says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the the Lord. Not Noah earned favor. Not Noah was awesome. Not Noah was an all-star. Noah found favor. It's kind of like you're walking down through the forest and you trip on a branch called favor. That's what happened with Noah. Noah finds favor in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation, and he walked with God. And so God has this problem. He has the wickedness of his creation. He has the wickedness of men and women and children who can only think evil. And he finds one guy, one guy with his family And he says, I'm going to choose this guy, I'm going to give favor to this guy, and I'm going to call this guy to build an ark. Now, here's what you need to understand about this. Uh, It wasn't like you went to the ark dealership and picked one up. Because it wasn't like it had ever rained. Up until this point, we know that rain was not a common occurrence. And so, God comes and he says to Noah, hey, hey, Noah, here's the deal, bro. Uh... I am going to rain and flood. And Noah goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to what? I'm going to rain. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know what that means. I'm going to drop a lot of water out of the sky onto the earth. And I'm going to flood. Whoa, whoa, what? I'm going to flood. Yeah, I heard that. I'm going to make a bunch of water everywhere on the earth. And I need you to build an ark. A what? A boat, man. A boat. I need you to build a boat. All right? And I need you to build a big boat, and I've got the blueprints, and I want you to build a certain way, and I am going to flood the earth because I am going to wash this sucker clean. That's what I'm going to do, Noah. And because you have found favor in my eyes, I am giving you the opportunity to be used by me to build an ark. And here's what the Bible says, that it took Noah 120 years to build that ark. 
Listen, you think that you're persevering in your calling. <laughs> 120 years to build something that you don't know what it is to avoid something that you've never seen before. For 120 years, Noah builds this ark and God sends Noah seven of all of the clean animals in sevens, all of the clean animals and all of the birds and of all the other animals he sends two of each kind so that the earth can kind of replant and reseed itself. And so Noah is building an enormous veterinary clinic to float on God's watery judgment for 120 years. And the Bible says that when the day comes that God's judgment is going to come on the earth, he puts Noah and his wife and his boys and their wives into the ark with all of these animals. And the Bible says that God closes the door and that God seals it. And then it begins to torrentially downpour for 40 days. And God floods the earth. God cleans the earth off. God essentially takes this earth that he had created and he puts it through a car wash, right? The octopus car wash, uh, the, the deluxe edition, right? He puts it through the car wash to clean off all of that wickedness, to clean off all of that sin, to clean off all of that evil. And for 40 days and for 40 nights, Noah and his wife and his family are in this ark. And at the end of 40 days, it stops to rain. They open the door. They send a couple of birds out. When they figure out that the water has receded, they go out and they restart their life. Now, here's what happens. They get out onto dry land and God puts a rainbow in the sky. God puts a rainbow in the sky to signify two things. The first is covenant. You're my guy. I'm going to use you. I'm yours in your mind. The second is to promise that he's never going to destroy the earth with water again. This is a crazy, crazy story, right? This is one of those stories that if you grew up around church and got the flannel graph thing like I did, you are transfixed by, okay, the, what? So the question becomes this, uh, why? why? Why did God flood the earth? Why did God build an ark? Why? I mean, of all the things that God had to do and wanted to do in his sovereign plan and will, why did he do it this way? What is the point? Where's Waldo? Now, here's the way that we could say this. We could say, uh, there are times where storms will come. And during those times, God will provide a place of safety if you persevere for a really long time. <laughs> And then God will rescue you. Right? Amen. Amen. Unless he doesn't. <laughs> Unless that boat that you thought you were safe in springs a leak. Unless you tr are trying to walk with God, you're trying to follow God, you're trying to do the right thing, and you keep sinking. Then what do I do with all this? What, what's the point? Of this story? What's the aim of this story? Why did Moses, inspired by the Holy Spirit, write this story of God telling a guy to build a huge boat and it raining for a bunch of days and them to float around and then get out and a rainbow be in the sky? What is the point of this? Let's see if we can understand that a, a little bit differently. The, the, the aim of this story isn't about Noah's faithfulness, it isn't about Noah's faithfulness, it's about God's. It's about God's faithfulness. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about God's. Turn to your other neighbor and say, Noah ain't the hero. 
The point of the story isn't, y'all are seeming a little sleepy. I'm all excited to be up here, and y'all are like, yeah, whatever. All right. I'm going to break a sweat in a minute, and y'all are going to be asleep. Um, The point of the story isn't Noah's faithfulness. It's God's. God is the one who provides the ark. And so let's think about this for a minute. The ark is a picture of God's grace. Noah found favor in God's eyes. He didn't earn favor. He didn't do enough good things that God said, you know what, on a scale of 1 to 10, you're an 8, and so I'm going to throw you in a boat for a while and spare your life. Noah is a recipient of God's grace. Noah simply believed that God was faithful, believed that God was true, believed that God was right, and God extended grace to him because of it. And the ark is a picture of that. Noah didn't deserve to be saved. Noah didn't deserve to be saved, but God provided a way for Noah to be saved as judgment was coming. As judgment was coming. The second thing that I want you to note is that the only way for Noah to be saved was to get in the ark. There was no other means. There was no other way. It wasn't that God taught Noah how to tread water for 40 days and 40 nights. There was nothing else. It was get in the ark or perish only. Equally, how many doors were there on the ark? One door. Not multiple doors, not lots of ways, not we can negotiate our way in. There was a specific way to be saved. There was only one way to receive that salvation, right? Next, the ark absorbed the judgment of God, didn't it? Noah was safely inside the ark as the judgment of God rained down upon the ark. Noah was was safe, he was secure, he was uh, protected. As God judged, the ark, the ark protected Noah from God's judgment. It absorbed that. All of God's judgment fell on the ark. None of God's judgment fell on Noah. Lastly, God closed the door and sealed the ark preserving them to their intended purpose. Now, some of you, you know what I'm getting at here, right? You know where I'm going. Can I please get an amen? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Romans chapter 3 says that we receive the grace of God through Jesus. We receive the grace of God Through Jesus. John chapter 14 verse 6. Jesus says. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Listen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Says that God made him. That being Jesus. Who knew no sin. To become sin. So that we could be made righteous. Isaiah 53 says that Jesus was wounded for your transgression and for mine. He was pierced because of our iniquity. John chapter 6 and verse 36 says that God has given to Jesus those that are his and there is none of those who will be cast out. Romans chapter 8 says there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 says that God saved us and then sealed us by His Holy Spirit. What's the ark? 
Or maybe I should say, who is the ark? Jesus is the ark. Jesus is the extension of God's grace to those of us who don't deserve grace. Jesus is the only way to be saved. He is the one way. There is no other way in. There is no negotiation. Jesus absorbs the punishment for our sin that we should have gotten when he went to the cross. And Jesus, if you will come into relationship with him, the Bible says that we our salvation is sealed by the Holy Spirit, that God preserves us to our intended purpose and destination, that being glory. The ark, the ark is Jesus. Noah, Noah is just a guy. He's just a guy. He's just a guy who believed God. He's just a guy who obeyed God. And in so doing, God showed him grace and God saved him. God saved him. Now, a couple things that I want you to note about this. Uh, The Bible says that Noah started to build the ark 120 years before the rain started. In other words, God made the ark available with plenty of time to respond. Right? Plenty of time to respond. So, I want you to think with me for a minute about some of the rebuttals that might have come up around this. Noah's out there. He's building away, right? He's, hey man, what are you building? An ark. A what? Just shut up. I don't even want to explain it to you. All right? Like... What's this guy talking about? Rain. And, and so Noah puts the hammer down. He walks over. He goes, here's the deal. Um, judgment is coming, bro. Like, you know as well as I do. You watch the news the same way that I do. Uh, this world is broken. And this world began by God. It was created by God. Uh, and God wants to clean it off and clean it up. And judgment is coming. He is going to deal with us for our sin. And that guy said, When? And Noah said, man, I don't know. And then the guy said, I probably got time then. Right? I probably got time. Tell you what, I'm going to go, I'm going to do me, and then I'll come back and I'll help you build whatever you call that thing. I'm sure that I've got plenty of time. Maybe another guy walked up and, Noah, how's it going, man? It's good. What are you doing? I'm building an ark so that we can, we can be saved from the rain. The what? Shut up. I'm tired of explaining this all to you people. So he walks over and he explains the same spiel to them and tells them that judgment is coming. He says, look, man, I want, I want you to get into this ark with me. And the guy says, well, <clears throat> I'm sure that there's lots of ways that people can be safe. I mean, it can't only be that ridiculous boat that you're building. I mean, like, there's probably got to be, like, some high spot or, uh, you know, a different boat. Or, I mean, there's lots of boats, lots of ways for people to be saved in storms, right? So, uh, I saw that guy, and he is doing you, doing him, and he'll come back. But I'm going to try a different way while you're doing that arc thing. And, uh, and we'll just see. I, I assume that at the end, we'll all end up in a safe place. Third guy comes up. No, what are you doing? You got it. I don't have to go through it again. Noah gives him the spiel. And the guy says, you know what? (laughs) Who does God think he is to judge us? I mean, (laughs) what has God done for me? I'm, I'm down here slogging it out. I'm trying to make my way. 
I'm taking care of me. I don't, I don't know this guy that you're talking about. I don't think he's got any business doing anything to me. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. I think, he's, I think it's hypocritical and judgmental and absurd for you to say that God would judge me. I'm a good guy. Like, I pay my taxes. I don't cheat on my wife. I don't hit my kids. What are you talking about God's going to judge me? And all three of them walk away. We say that Jesus is our true and better, so let's, let's think about that true part. Um, the Bible makes very clear, guys. And I, I don't, I don't want to get crazy on you, but I, I, I love you, and so I want to be straight with you. That there will come a day where every person in this room will stand before God and give an account for the life that God gave them. That we are accountable to our Creator for the oxygen that is in our lungs and the blood that's coursing through our veins. There is coming a day, you say, when? I don't know. Where you will stand before God. And where I will stand before God. And at that time, listen to me, there will be no, how dare you? And there will be no, I tried a different way other than Jesus. There is one ark, and his name is Jesus. And when the rain starts coming, you have to be in him. You have to be in him. That is the truth of the story of Noah and the ark. A man who didn't deserve to be saved, found favor, believed God, got in a boat... The boat and the judgment of God came down on that boat and then that man stepped out safely, redeemed, and God made covenant with him. Why then is the ark not only true, but why is Jesus better? The ark is true because judgment is real and so is grace. The ark is, be- Jesus is better, Jesus is our better ark. Why? <laughs> because the ark is an inanimate object. Right? The ark doesn't have, didn't have any decision in the thing. The ark is wood. The ark is, is nails. And Noah got into that inanimate object and he was saved. Jesus is our true ark because judgment is real. And so is grace. And Jesus is our better ark because Jesus is a person who loves us, who we can have a relationship with, who fulfills our every desire and our every need. He is not an inanimate object who saves us. He is a man who died on a cross to redeem us. And so two things that I want you to think about today. The first is, um, are you in the ark? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 talks about uh, that there uh, are favorable times and days of salvation in which God says, I have helped you. And he says, behold, uh, now is a favorable time. And behold, now is the day of salvation. Listen, y'all. Over the last four years, I have tried to paint before you the most beautiful picture that I can of Jesus. And as I begin to transition, I want to say to you, listen, 
Do not wait to receive him. Today is the day. Rain is real. Judgment is coming. Jesus stands ready to save. Today is the day of salvation. Don't say, I'll do it later. Don't say, there's lots of boats. Don't say, how dare you, God. Say, I want to be saved. I'm going to get my fanny in that ark today. Because I don't know when the rain's starting. Number two, uh, for those of you who are already in the ark, you do realize that for the rest of Noah's life, he was that guy who built that boat. Right? He was defined, moving forward, by the guy who got saved because he got in the boat. Whenever anybody looked at him, they said, there's that crazy dude who got in that crazy boat. And Noah said, thank you, God, for it. (laughs) They didn't say, he's so smart. They didn't say, he's such a good builder. They said, he was the guy who believed God, and in his belief, God saved him. And Noah said, yep, that's me. How are you known? How am I known? Am I known because I'm intellectual and eloquent and I got my stuff together and and I do the right thing at the right time or am I known as the guy who he just believed God and God saved him yep that's me I believe God when he said I was going to stand before him and I didn't want to stand before him alone and so I got into an ark named Jesus and from this day forward I'm simply the guy who got in the boat I'm simply the guy who got in the boat And church is a bunch of people who fit on a big boat who from time to time say, thank you, God, for making the boat. Thank you, God, for inviting us into it. And their testimony of mission is, we're just the folks who got in the boat and we spend a lot of time thanking God for it. All right? So why don't we do that? Stand with me if you would. Handful of ways that I want you to respond. The first is uh, we take communion every single week. And, and, And the reason that we do that is because... Uh, I'm prone to forget the ark. I'm prone to forget that God saved me. I, I start to think that I'm a big deal, don't you? A couple of you. All right, fair enough. A couple of us start to think that we're a big deal. And so as a group of people saved by an ark named Jesus, we want to come and we want to remind ourselves of the grace of God in our life. We sing every time we're together. We've got fantastic leaders with way better voices than me. Praise God. And they lead us in worship to remind us and to rejoice that God has saved us. And we pray. Some of you in here today, you're going through a season that, uh, that you're struggling and you need to be reminded that God sees and that God makes a way. And so uh, if you want to talk to somebody about getting in that boat, if you want to talk to somebody about the struggles or the pains or the difficulties you're having to my left, to your right, they'll be available. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you today. Uh, I thank you today that my story is that I found favor in your eyes. God, there's no way that I could have earned it. There's no way that I could have attained to the standard of your holiness. I, I literally was living my life and backed into your favor. God, I want to thank you that you have saved me, that you uh, let me know that I was going to stand accountable before you as my creator and that you made a way for me to be able to do so safely, comfortably uh, to attain. And that's by coming into Jesus, by pointing to him as the standard, by pointing to him as our sufficiency. Uh, And I thank you, God, that when you saved me, you sealed me. 
God, that I don't have to keep working, that I don't have to keep trying to keep it, but that you saved me and that you'll keep me until I'm delivered to the place that you want, God. That's so many of our stories today. And God, we want to be defined as the people who just got in the boat. I also just want to pray, God, for those in here today who are still considering, who still have questions. I want to pray blessing over them. I want to pray grace over them. And I want to pray, God, that you would help them to trip, to back, to fall, to be found in your favor today. That they would be saved today. That they would come into Jesus. That they would uh, stop believing the lie that they have more time. Stop believing the lie that there's lots of different ways. Stop believing the lie that they aren't accountable. And that your Holy Spirit today would save and seal them. That their eternity would be set because of Jesus. God, we love you. Receive our worship. Inhabit it. For the rest of our gathering, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.